Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you've all had a fantastic weekend despite the quarantine and you're all trying to be active in some way. I am here with the Sharp Edge and the lovely Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you ladies doing? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We have I'm, lots and lots to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I had to put my headphones back together like a couple of hours oh, right. ago with tape and glue. But I'm, so, I'm, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm winging, I'm, I'm winging this, yeah, because I broke them. So oh, geez. Yes, this is like definitely like a trailer park podcast. Like well, you sound okay on broken, this. Uh... Bro- broken headphones and everything, but we're okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just hope they hold. The things we do to make this this program <laughs> happen, uh, oh. the things on the <laughs> on the backside that people have no idea about, it's crazy. Mm, yeah, like me waking up at four o'clock in the morning every morning. That's uh-huh. right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we going to talk about today, ladies? We're going to talk about um, the D class of the IG footnotes, uh, the Wuhan virus Epic Times documentary, which is really good. I just watched it just then. Um, Bernie and, and uh, Obama finally endorsing Biden. Uh, the funding of the WHO and the WTO. Uh, the Derman Grand Jury subpoenas. And we'll just talk a little bit about Trump and the media. And a bit of back and forth that was going on the other day. So, any, any, Anything else I missed there, ladies? Oh, there's a bunch of little miscellaneous things, but we'll just chalk them in there. All right. We want let, let's start off with this presser. Monday bombshell. Oh, oh, it was so great. I mean, I don't even think any of those press people got out of that uh, that presser without just literally being ripped apart. It was <laughs> amazing. He was on fire. <laughs> I just love. He was. It. it was so good. Yeah. So we should do a little backstory. So. Uh, last week, and I think we actually talked about this in last week's podcast, um, Fauci went on uh, and took an interview with Jake Tapper, in which uh, Tapper had asked a hypothetical question to Fauci as far as, you know, if you had closed things down sooner, uh, would few, fewer people have died? And Fauci answered that question, but in doing so, it really sounded like he was pushing blame uh, like blame shifting on to Trump uh, as far as like, you know, Fauci warning earlier and Trump not heeding those warnings. And so the press jumped all over it and it was just a media storm uh, about how irresponsible Trump was and he wasn't listening to Fauci. So Monday, uh, Fauci had to walk with his tails between his legs <laughs> <laughs> up to the podium and clarify and, you know, walk that back. So that was good to see. He uh, made sure everybody was aware that, no, that was not the case. And then Trump proceeded to get up there and walk through just day by day a timeline and just completely torched 
this whole narrative that he didn't do anything or that he didn't listen to the experts or he didn't act soon enough. I mean, it was just clear as day that he had. And then he put the media up there, just a montage of the fake news media and what they were saying on that, that timeline. That was so good. And made them watch it. And you, oh my gosh, the media watching their own lies, they just about, their heads exploded. Yep, complete <laughs> meltdown on social media. It was so satisfying. He should, he should do that every, every press conference. Oh, he just should. Five, 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 five minutes before every press conference. <laughs> Put that hat there and then let it roll. Right, Absolutely. just to clarify what they've said and catch them in their lies. And then at the end of every press conference, he should do a 10-minute video of just truth bombs of the level of corruption and exposing everything because it then wouldn't interfere with the press conference regarding the virus. It would be like a little after show. Exactly. Anyone wants to stick around. And we know they wouldn't air it. So. Oh, I know. I, well, CNN cut the feed in the middle of this. Of course. Oh, yes, they did. But before that, you, the, the headlines that they were putting, the bottom third that they were putting, <laughs> it's like so good. I wish I had it in front of me. Um, but just, you know, Trump enraged, um, <laughs> pushing propaganda, propaganda yes. for <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. They were having a full-blown TDS meltdown. It was great. Uh, was and it, also, it was really necessary. It needed to be done. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, there was also a CBS reporter, Paula Reid, that asked Fiacci um, if what he was saying when he clarified it, that, that was not the case. Um, he, she said in, in not so many words, you know, are you being coerced by the president? Um, and in that conversation, Fiacci just kind of got a little bit upset too and was like, no, that's not the case, whatever. But it also turns out that Paula Reid's husband, Jason Reid, is a lobbyist for China. Mm -hmm. um, he, yeah, he worked at the College of Peking University in Beijing. Uh, he worked at the American Chamber of Commerce in China. So it, it's, it's so funny. When you look at these reporters, you look at who they're married to, guaranteed you there'll be someone in the media and someone in an administration, preferably the Obama administration, all working for some sort of foreign country of all foreign de delegates. Yep. Right. Or... Or intelligence community. It's intelligence, really yeah. sickening the um, the level of you know intermingling there of intel community of foreign governments of um, you know all of uh, former administration deep state types with the media. Um, right. They've completely infiltrated. Well, I think it it, it went out like that from the get-go that was all intentional from the get-go in my opinion definitely i mean you could bring it all yeah. the way back to you know project paperclip if you wanted to we don't have to go back that far <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah it's been intentional yeah. for a long time so. controlling the narrative so have you guys watched the epic times documentary it's freaking phenomenal it was so good yeah I, just, I, I watched it like an hour ago this this did you <laughs> this is like this is like the the type of research i truly appreciate i mean he did a fantastic fantastic job on this um and and everyone involved in editing it did a great job of tracing it down 
Um, I mean, they, he really covered a lot and went all out. And it's kind of funny now you look at some stories and reports coming out and it's like, uh, he already covered this in the video, guys. So, yep, exactly. So it was really good. Basically, uh, basically showing that this was not a natural mutation, that this was spliced in the lab uh, in Wuhan. As far as whether it was an accidental leak or an intentional leak, they don't have the smoking gun on that. But it, I really encourage people. We'll put the link below the below the podcast here on YouTube. I really encourage people to watch it. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff also- I I knew, and we had we had included in our report uh, when mm-hmm. a speaker and I worked and collaborated on the burgeoning agent bioweapons. But there were some new things in there that I wasn't aware of, and he connected even more dots and went even a little deeper. And the production yeah, value. I mean- was really oh, yeah. well done. I love yeah. to make a production like that. Except know, right? I'm broke. But <laughs> <laughs> I've just got like my Filmora on my computer. But yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to make something like that. That'd be fantastic. This is what yeah, the media really should got- be doing. This is what oh. they should all be doing. Right. Right. And I like how well he dove into the science of it all. Um, and so, so now we have Texas lawyer Larry Clayman, who's filed a federal claim against China in the amount of $20 trillion. There's a UK think tank that's suing for $6.5 trillion. India is suing for some undisclosed amount. They may have announced it by now. I'm not sure. So, and I'm sure there's unter- other countries getting on the bandwagon. Now, I don't know how that all is going to pan out exactly, but let's just say the world is pissed off at China right now for hiding this for as long as they did closing up these labs. Like, uh, you know, you can't, it's like they completely just shut everything down and hid everything. So, um, well, the bats out of the bag now, uh, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they, they, they went in to say that there was no bats even sold at that market. Yep. Right. Right, right. right. Uh, it's all, but but it's fantastic. Give it a watch. Yeah, and then then we get this update. I'd love to see what you guys think of this. I actually did a quick little micro mini dig on one of these guys just to see what the scoop was there, and it's kind of odd. Um, so Wapo comes out with the article, which of course we all go to Zero Hedge and read, so we can get the full legitimate scoop and be able to read it because, you know, you have to subscribe to WAPO. Yeah. So this week, some State Department leaked cables came out and uh, yet, as you had mentioned, they were leaked to WAPO. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. Like, why was it leaked now? But the, the value of this is important to all of us regardless. So January of 2018, um, some State Department officials um, had sent cables uh, regarding their investigation of Wuhan Institute of Virology um, regarding inadequate um, safety at this lab, uh, stating that the lab had serious shortages of approximate, uh, I'm sorry, of appropriate li- appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to safely operate this high containment laboratory. And the cables also made note specifically of Xi Jingli's work, which she was the one who was spearheading this work at the Wuhan lab on human transmissibility of bat coronavirus. So they were aware of this, 
They were warning the State Department, look, this lab is not following adequate safety standards. Um, so this is, in essence, um, the most reliable, strongest piece of evidence that we have to support the theory that this is not a natural occurrence, that this emerged from a biolab. That said... We haven't seen the actual cables. They say that it that you know the Trump administration has had these, and to me, it feels like a hit piece coming out from WAPO just days after Epic Times releases this documentary with a lot of conclusive evidence pointing to all of this, and then WAPO delivers this and says they've known all along that this could turn into a disaster here, and so. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like sitting with this and sitting back and I'm going to see where this goes. But in the meantime, I was just curious because they mentioned the name of uh, Jamie Faust and Rick Switzer, which his name is actually Brian Rick Switzer, but he goes by Rick apparently. Although in some cases I found he actually goes by Brian. So just one kind of strange thing here. So that happened. When are they? They're saying that the cable was released in. Um, they had a date. What did? What was it, Edge? Okay, so the what? the the leak happened this week, but the cables, I believe, were in January of 2018. Okay, so if you go to Rick Switzer's LinkedIn account, he lists himself as. Economic Affairs Chief, East Asia Pacific Bureau, Japan Desk, from 2004 to present. Now, they're listing him in the WAPO article as the Embassy's Counselor of Environment, Science, Technology, and Health. And I did go back and I did find, so there's State Department telephone directories. Well, they're, they'll list, you know, their partial titles and phone numbers and Kind of a handy little tool, by the way. So I was looking through, and he has been listed under that title in the past, but I, I wasn't finding it during 2018. And he doesn't list that himself on his LinkedIn. It, he just lists it as, you know, the economic affairs chief. So in from December 2018 through August 2019, he has his LinkedIn listed as, and this is in addition to that other position, Senior Political Advisor to the Department of Defense. And I just thought that was interesting, especially the timing, and that that just went through August 2019, which is when, um, I don't know, a lot of things started happening during that time frame. So I just... I don't know. I haven't had time to really dig further into this because I'm like, well, wait, who are these two guys that are actually that allegedly sent these cables over in January 2018? You know, where is this all going? Because we know we know WAPO's tactics. Exactly. They're they're conceding now. It's kind of beyond um, speculation at this point. Um, they're conceding that it's probably about you know created in a lab at this Wuhan lab, and that it was either leaked right. out intentionally or unintentionally. That's really what where we're at right now. So they're conceding right. that, but now they're trying to spin the narrative to where where they can say, "Wait, look, the Trump administration knew this, and mm -hmm. you know they're somehow at fault or negligent in some way." Um, right. So 
But, um, and so, you know, that's the angle that they're trying to take now and, and control the narrative because they see where the narrative's going. They see that we're all kind of onto them, that nobody believes that it just, it was a natural occurrence anymore. We now realize that it, you know, people are mainstream people are starting to realize it's, you know, likely, uh, a result of a either intentional or unintentional leak from that Wuhan lab. But, right. um, but also what we need to understand is that the Obama administration knew about the research that was happening with specifically with that coronavirus uh, experimentation. They were making right. chi- chimeric viruses that um, using bat coronavirus to understand tr- transmissibility in humans. And when we mm. look at this virus, that this COVID-19, it looks like it's a chimera. It looks like it's ha- been spliced and with other things. And right. so uh, now we've figured it out. So now they're just trying to spin it, make it the Trump administration responsible. But the Obama administration was aware of it. The NIH was funding part of Xi Jinping's work. <laughs> right. um, so up until 2014. So you have to figure, okay, what did they find out in 2014? Did they figure out, you know, the formula for this COVID-19 by then? Um, and is that when the Obama administration decided to halt funding because they were aware that it was, you know, already kind of discovered and like they wanted to have some sort of plausible deniability? But, you know, it's really just a matter of who knew what when. And so how far up did this go? Did these cables go that that happened in January of 2018 um, after they inspected this Wuhan lab? How far up did these cables go? Did they go straight up to the State Department head? At the time, that was uh, Tillerson, I believe. And uh, we we know that Tillerson and Trump uh, had a falling out, that Trump fired him, uh, that he Mm -hmm. said... Curiously, he said it was because of chemistry. They didn't have good chemistry. So, yeah. So, anyways, I'm curious about all this, too. Yeah, and then we get, I think it was just on uh, Tuesday, I believe, the Washington Times released a story that the Joint Chiefs Chairman, U.S. Intel investigating whether coronavirus leaked from Wuhan lab. So General Milley said, he said, it should be no surprise that we've taken a keen interest in that and we've had a lot of intelligence agencies take a hard look at that. I would just say at this point, it's inconclusive, although the weight of evidence seems to indicate natural, but we don't know for certain. However, he noted published reports that the origin may have occurred as an escape from a research laboratory. So apparently this is being investigated. Yeah, but you, you you also have a few countries that are not not buying that narrative from the WHO either. I mean, you've you've got India, which I think is looking for financial compensation right. from China. Um, I think there's a few other countries that are not on the top of my head at the moment. But there's there's, there's countries going at them. There's not just what you're seeing in the in the Western media. Well, Japan was speaking out about it like a week ago, right? Yeah, well, Shinzo um, Abe, who who's actually quite close with Trump. It, it, it's, it's funny, you've got the countries that are close, close ties with the US at the moment, which is Japan and which is India. Mm-hmm. So they're both, they're both you know, backing him on that. But um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see where this is going to go. Yeah, and then we have uh, Sarah Carter 
released, she did just a short article on this new Harvard study about the need to social distance through 2022. And I was a little frustrated oh because I, have a lot of, I know I have a lot of respect for Sarah Carter. Uh, I think she does very good work, but oftentimes she will put out a tweet with a short article she does where she covers a portion of the story. And, she, and, and I feel like she's sort of regurgitating a report without really diving into some of the meat of it and exposing what a lot of us know. And so that sometimes frustrates me. And this is one of those cases where she's like, you know, I can't remember her exact words, but something to the effect that this really concerns her, that, that we might have to social distance through 2022. And what does everyone else think? And I'm like, well, no, this doesn't concern me because look at the damn funders. I'm like, Sarah, trace trace the funders I like all I did is I went into the study I scrolled right down to the bottom to see who's funding it we got NIH we got the Wellcome Trust Doris Duke Foundation the National Institute of Allergy Infectious Diseases okay all of those are connected to Fauci all of those are connected to Bill Gates and if Gates isn't funding Harvard directly he's funding the people that are funding Harvard directly for these studies. It is all for their agendas. I've covered this so many times in my reports and videos. So I do not take anything seriously that comes out of Harvard. I just can't. I mean, I always look at who's funding it, you know, before I even consider reviewing it. Yeah. So I saw, you know, a clip from uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother who worked for the Obama administration he also, I believe, worked for the NIH at one point. He was an architect uh, uh, for Obamacare. Um, he gets <laughs> up there. I think he was a CNN or MSNBC. I don't know. But, you know, acting as though he's on the task force, you know, giving America his recommendations, even though he's, you know, not, you know, he's in the private sector now at this point. But right. he's telling everybody that, uh, you know, we need to social distance, stay home uh, for 18 months, and until there's a vaccine and everything. This is Rahm Emanuel's brother, okay? Rahm Emanuel, uh. who coined the phrase, never let a crisis go to waste. And his <laughs> brother's out there saying that in this crisis, we need to stay home 18 months. Well, that's really convenient yeah. when, you know, 18 months goes way past um, election time and would force us then to have to do this harvesting of ballots and mail-in voting where the the corruption and the fraud is just rampant conveniently so. leading us right into the vaccines yes yeah yep yeah which isn't gonna happen because uh we all you know for anyone who listened to the press conference on tuesday uh you know and i know we'll get into that in a bit but he, Trump reiterated several times, I think it was Tuesdays, it could have been Mondays, who knows, it all blurs together for me at this point. But he kept reiterating that the president has the full authority to open up the country. And that he's plans on working with all the governors and the governors want to open as well. And he doesn't foresee any problems with that. But if he does, he will step in. Um, he's, you know, and, and so they're going to roll them out and, and we can talk about that later. But what I found funny is how many of the press kept pushing him on, 
well, what's going to happen if one state doesn't want to open when you tell them to? Did you notice that? They just kept pushing and pushing, like trying to get information. Are you going to defund them? Are you going to stop funds going to them? You know, trying to, and and he just kept going, I don't think it's going to come to that. You know, wasn't giving them what they wanted to hear. Right. Right. They want there to be some sort of infighting. They want to set them up. I I, I wouldn't be mm -hmm. surprised if, um, Oh gosh, this is this is it's what like I asking him what his play is, so that yes. the governors know their next moves. It was well, funny. not just the governors, but you know the deep state. So you know he opens up. Can't can't you see some sort of false flag of like he opens everything up, the governors open everything up, and then all of a sudden we have a flare up again, and it's all Trump's mm-hmm. fault. Right. Um, you know, so you know I, I'm sure that they're anticipating that sort of scenario. And like you said, they're going to be watching them very closely. Um, they're going to be there yeah. to help. They don't want to control each of the states. They want the states to control themselves. Right. So, yes. But deep state and governors go hand in hand in many states. So. Oh, definitely. A lot of them are in China's pocket. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, Pompeo's come out and said, look, China had a list of governors that were on mm-hmm. China's payroll. There were the friendlies, there were the hardliners, and then there were the there unknowns. Were the unknowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, oh, man. Well, yeah. and I think the biggest news, the greatest news for me, was when in Tuesday's presser, when he made the official announcement that they were defunding the WHO and, and that it's under <laughs> and that it's it's under investigation and uh i believe he was even asked if tedros steps down you know will you then continue working with the who and funding them and and i believe he said you know that it would require more than that that they're going to investigate because they got a lot of things wrong and he thinks they're pretty much working with china more or less pretty much well and I you know misappropriating <laughs> funds, you know, and he's just said, you know, I don't think that it's all about Tedros. It's really more about where is the money going? And if they're going to mm-hmm. investigate that, I can only imagine I the know. level of corruption that will, un- you know, just unfold. Um, I know. Let's trace that three and a half billion from Gates, please. And keep going down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsey Graham's come, c- comes out today and says, I have great respect for Bill Gates and his work in the public health arena. If someone like Bill Gates were in charge of the WHO, I would gladly support increased funding, but I have lost all confidence in the current WHO leadership and capabilities, and I just wanted to strangle him. And I know there's going to be some people that are going to come at me and say, this is a tactic. I don't see it that way. First off, Bill Gates would never run the WHO because there's already huge conflicts of interest. That would be the biggest conflict of interest at all. And he's not giving up his NGOs to go run the who. That's just not going to happen. So the actual heck? (laughs) I I know. I'm baffled by that. Lindsay, really? Come on. Lindsay's the bloody best fence hitter there is. He is. He'll jump one way, then he'll jump another way and make everyone love him. He'll do something really funny. 
was like something really boss-like, you'd be like, yeah, Lindsay, woo. And then next week you'll just do something and you're like, what the? I what know. The I swear. <laughs> he's a heartbreaker. I mean, because one, one week you love him and the next week you hate him. It's just like he's been on my shit list so many times, but then he'll do oh, something. Oh, yeah, he's on mine. <laughs> he's on mine. And then it's funny because <clears throat> Bill Gates comes out along with many, many others and says, Halting funding for the World Health Organization during a world health crisis is as dangerous as it sounds. Their work is, slow, their work is slowing the spread of COVID-19, and if that work is stopped, no other organization can replace them. The world needs who now more than ever. So- Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I just want to strangle we- him. I guarantee you if we took that, what is it, $116 plus million dollars uh, a year that we give the WHO, I guarantee you if the United States just took that same exact amount of money and put it into actually uh, funding, you know, cures, uh, therapies, and, you know, medicines to distribute around the world, um, that we would do a hell of a lot of a better job than the World Health Organization. We don't need, the who is a mouthpiece. The, the who is a mouthpiece for the Bill Gates of the world so that they can back up their agenda. They bury evidence. They, That's all they are. They, that, they're like the FBI of the world. They, yes, just, they, cover, yes. they, they cover everything up for these other governments. They blacklist their, um, any scientists that go against them. They, they just... It's, ugh. I've covered them extensively. I did a two hour video. If anyone wants to watch it, it's on my YouTube channel explaining how Bill and the Bill Gates and the UN, how they rule the healthcare industry, like how they do it, the money flow, how they control the policies and priorities. It ties in with the universities, big pharma, all of it. They all work together in this. So and it's like you said, it's like a big slush fund. I mean, I, I doubt really more than just a tiny fraction actually goes to what it's supposed to go to. Um, And then a lot of it goes into the pockets of their friends, Um, Mm -hmm. payoffs and and foundations. Look, look, I was in big business for a long time and I know how this shit works. They'll buy a jet ski here. They'll buy a holiday resort here. They'll buy tickets to games (laughs) there. And trust me, I've done all this. I'm not proud of it. (laughs) <laughs> but, that's, but, but, but that's how you move money through organizations you know mm-hmm. you, you'll buy box seats at sports events and stuff like that and you pay you you pay through those sort of endeavors yeah um and you push it out to other countries and then and then off to the cayman islands yep yep and you know they like yeah, you said and- they cover up instead of investigating things they help these countries cover them up they've helped china in the most recent um, outbreak they they're also like covering for iran iran is totally lying about their numbers and what's going on in their country with the outbreak and the who's doing the exact same playbook they did in china where they're helping with that they're just taking whatever iran is saying what their state is saying um as far as the number of deaths and illnesses they they covered up what happened in india and in africa they cover they cover up everything there was someone just yesterday that oh gosh i can't think of his name now but he used to um work i believe it was in cambodia and he was running a report for the who they wanted to see it had to do with hiv treatment of course which is completely run by gates and clintons and all of them 
and it had to do with um, a study they were running against how Cambodia was handling it themselves, the treatment there, versus how like the WHO had wanted them to handle it. And uh, I should really find this, so I'm not misquoting it. But but essentially, they were weighing, you know how the treatment worked as well as the expense involved with it all. And Cambodia's method was better than the who's and the who just buried the report and just kept going with their way. So, I mean, this is what's done. And I know I've read this before, but I just, it's so important. I want to read this quote. This is from Dr. Artara Kochi, the former head of the who's malaria program. And this is from 2008. So this is how long this crap's been. It's been going on long before this, but just to give an idea of how far back this goes, and it's just gotten worse. He said, Gates has created a cartel with research leaders linked so closely that each has a vested interest to safeguard the work of others. The result is that obtaining an independent review of scientific evidence is becoming increasingly difficult. So, I mean, this, this crap has been going on for so long and changing the leadership at the WHO is not going to, I mean, that'll help some, but I guarantee you the scientists that, you know, any of the scientists that work within there are, a lot of them are going to be compromised or blackmailed as well. So the, just the whole thing, we don't need the World Health Organization. We don't. No, no. I mean, it's like there's a cabal controlling the health industry. There's a cabal controlling the banking industry. I mean, it's just, Uh and and just hence why, why Trump, you know, said we're going to be looking into the, you know, world, world trading organization as well um right because we know we never get a fair deal from them either and they know we'll pull out so they better start giving a fair deal but see like with (laughs) with with social media now you can see the hypocrisy from these companies because it's all out there it's all out there on the interwebs it's all out there on twitter and all that so take the world health organization for example back on 14th of january the tweet was, uh, preliminary investigations conducted by Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission, right? right. That was right. on the 14th of Jan. So you know how many people would have taken that advice? Right. Yep. Very, they don't know what they're doing. Well, so if the United States pulls out funding of the World Health Organization, my question is, how many other countries will do it also? Mm-hmm. And I love the amount of heat coming down on Bill Gates right now. I'm like just in heaven watching social <laughs> media explode because I've been working on this book to take him down. I've been like working for two years to take this dude down and I've already covered his global fund and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and I'm working on the Gavi chapter, which is the Global Vaccine Alliance. I'm working on that, which of course works hand in hand with the WHO. So I have to like chop, chop and get back to that and scratch any other articles I wanted to do. I decided this last night. I've like got to hammer through this chapter because it's so important right now. Two years, Corey. I reckon you came out of the womb. The first thing you said was Bill Gates. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the first thing you saw or something as soon as you were born is like a Bill Gates book. I've been, I've been. And and your eyes just went all suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) i've been sprinkling him throughout all of my reports along the way but i've been like building up to this book yeah um well because you know the whole vaccine industry is very very controversial and i did already cover 
the six part report on that and the six part report on eugenics. But like, I wanted to take a giant slush fund and show, like break the whole thing down so people can understand how they move the money and what's really going on. So, but anyway, I find it uh, fascinating how mainstream news and so many are coming out of the woodwork going, it's so dangerous to disconnect from the who right now. No one's looking at the dangers that the who put us in. It's just dangerous to just, to not have the who with us anymore. Mm -hmm. And so what are they doing this Saturday? And I will be watching because I have to report on it. So... This Saturday, we've got The Who and Global Citizen Announce, One World, Together at Home, Global Special to Support Healthcare Workers in the Fight Against the COVID-19 Pandemic. So essentially, Which, they're, they're raising money. And we should do a live stream. <laughs> we should do a live stream, I'm telling you. So, when, did, well, so, when did The Who get involved in the entertainment industry? Like, what, what kind of organization are you? I mean, you're partnering oh, up with these people. I mean, this just shows you how they all work together. So no joke. it's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 12 a.m. GMT. And it's going to be aired on ABC, NBC, Viacom, CBS Networks, iHeartMedia, Bell Media. And they're also going to do uh, some digital streams on like Amazon Prime Video, Apple, Facebook, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. So what we have here is this wonderful picture of Lady Gaga with like the opening of the third eye deal on her forehead in this metal costume with this giant foot long claws coming out of her one hand. That's the photo they chose to use for this to promote it. And we'll put a link under the video. So, so who's going to be broadcasting this, hosting this? We got, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Stephen Colbert. <laughs> also friends from Sesame Street because that's appropriate. They will be on hand to help unify and inspire people around the world to make meaningful actions and increase support for the global COVID-19 response. So we've got Lady Gaga, Alanis Morissette, I, I, I should be having like one of you guys do this because I'm going to butcher some of these names. Andre Bocelli, Billy Eilish, Eilish, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day, Burna Boy, Chris Martin, David Beckman, Eddie Vedder, that one kind of upset me there, Elton John, I don't even know how to say this other one, so we're just going to skip it, John Legend, <laughs> what of course try? John Legend, what was it? Yeah, of course. Kerry <laughs> Washington, Lang Lang, so you get the idea, there's Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney, there's a bunch of them, about 20 of them doing this, so. Now, I don't know, I didn't read the entire article, so I don't know if these folks are actually getting together somewhere or doing this from like their own little little studios and they're just going to shoot from one to the next to the next. I'm not quite sure how they're doing this, but that should be interesting. Mm. I'm not going to watch no, it. No, it's not. It's not going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be I'm going to watch awful. it because I need, to, I need to know their game. I want to yeah. see, look, they're calling this One World. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. not a coincidence. I want to see what they're trying to propagate in people's minds. So I have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely probably going to be filled with symbolism. I love how they are throwing Lady Gaga in with Sesame Street characters. So I know. That sounds with very claws. wholesome. <laughs> oh, so wholesome. <laughs> so what's see, going I, on? I love, I love how Trump does 
what he says and he does it quickly. Like last right. week, last week when he said, you know, I'm going to defund the World Health Organization. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. Four days later, I'm defunding the World Health Organization. I love how he does. He just goes straight to it. Yep, he but, does. Yeah, I've got to give him credit for that. I love how people are waking up, like how they're waking up to Bill Gates' agenda, um, how he's just getting ratioed, uh, how, you know, he's getting flooded on Instagram with these comments, just like, you know, you're trying to kill us with your vaccines. And, you know, it's it's wonderful. It's amazing. And the same thing goes for this Abramovic video that came out. um, Oh, yeah. Video, how that got ratioed. And then they eventually had to take it down. (laughs) I know. That went down fast. It was like one or two days tops, I think. Yeah, it's so I, 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 th- I think it was a 24-hour cycle. But they they had something like, oh, it was bad, man. Like, I've seen some I've seen some ratios in my time. Like, the, Gillette, the Gillette ad was one. Oh, yeah. Like and it got massive downvotes. Yeah. Um, I think this was, like, 50,000 downvotes to, like... Social media is a really time. fast way to assess your marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, the problem the problem is a lot of them don't pay attention to it. So, like, what what Gillette did, and this is it's why a lot of these companies are going to be non-existent in five years because they just they, I, I don't I don't know who runs the shit, but they're just they're not how they used to be. Like with Gillette, what they did is they clearly contacted YouTube, clearly got YouTube to take out the comments, and clearly got them to change like the upvotes and downvotes. Right, yeah. like that, that clearly happened. Right? It's like you assess your market this way. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's how you get ahead. You have a look what's going on. Social media is great like that. But with this um, mm-hmm. uh, Abramovich one, Jesus, that was great. Oh, it's so yeah. good. That was the worst thing Microsoft could have done. Mm, yeah. Worse. I couldn't think of another person you could have endorsed that would have had a worse reaction than that. No. Because who wants to put on goggles and stare at Marina all day long every day as a work of art? Mm-hmm. Not I. <laughs> but just yeah. knowing what she's involved Hard pass. in. Too. <laughs> so what's going on with the task force? There, he listed off tons and tons of names, but I wasn't clear if he was suggesting that they were going to get input from them or that that was literally going to be like the task force of reopening the country. Did you mm, catch that? Yes, he did list off several names that are going to be part of an advisory group. He's referred to them uh, or to to having a task force. Um, I'm not sure if it's exactly one and the same, but basically I know that they are or ha- have formed a task force, that this task force consists of governors, people in industry that are you know, economic experts, and so on. They're coming up with a plan and finalizing it. So this will be completed soon. Uh, The states are going to make decisions based on each state's situation because some states are doing really well with handling the virus and others are still having problems. Um, He did mention that over 20 states are doing extremely well. Um, And he said 29. Yes, and so... And so they may open um, even before May 1st, uh, while others will follow after. Um, But he's put together this task force with representatives um, from country, uh, I'm sorry, companies um, that, you know, are important to economic revival uh, to participate 
And some of these are, you know, giants in the fast food industry, agriculture, food companies, banks, defense contractors, and so forth. So I have to interject something. When he was reading that list off, I have to admit, I was thinking, gosh, this is like a perfect list. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them to be reading off as though these are the people we just arrested. <laughs> I know. I'm Especially sorry, when you get to like defense stuff. contractors, you're like, oh, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that, you know, there's a, a you know, a, a good reason for that. It really can't revitalize an economy um, I know. without, I know. without yeah. some of these guys, without some of these heavy hitters. And, uh, I, you know, sometimes you have to just really, uh, pick your battles, I guess, so to speak. So right. Trump's pragmatic in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Even people that we, like, for example, with Xi and China, you know, he's still saying to the public, I'm, I have a good I relationship know. with Xi, when uh, we all know. know what's really going on. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's picking his battles, and he's not going to show his full hand all at once. And right. You know, there's certain things that he just needs to get accomplished. And, you know, right now on his plate, it's this this opening of the economy. And he said in press conferences before, he said, you know, this is the single largest, biggest, most important decision I will have ever made in my uh, presidency. And I want to get it right. So, you know, I know it's really weighing heavily on him. That's how I see it anyways. I don't know. How do you guys see it? Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, at this point in time, there's a lot going on, and we got to get things kick-started and, and rolling again. So I get on with that. And, and speaking of, Michigan, I saw you posting some, some videos. I saw a short one from uh, Breitbart today, and then I saw the ones you were posting, Speaker, on uh, some people rising up in Michigan against oh, yeah. Governor Whitmer. Yeah, well, what was it going to say? I'm just going to my Twitter. Uh, Operation Gridlock. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's what they called it. Could be totally wrong. What but, were they um, protesting? Uh, they're protesting the governor. So this is the governor of Michigan. That, that The lady that bloody uh, uh, roped off all the plant section and all that, she's really gone authoritarian here. Right? Like, you can't even, you can't go to anyone's houses. She like, was against the hydroxychloroquine in the beginning and then was begging right. for it. Um, yeah, so she's gone off the rails and Mr. just just gone, nah, we don't want her anymore. And they've kind of, yeah, they've, they've, they've lost it today. It's pretty good, though. I like saying that. They've kind of thrown their social distancing out of the window to protest this woman. <laughs> right? And tons of vehicles driving down there and honking and everything. And yeah, people well, trying to- well, it's cold, so I think most of the people are in their car. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's only in the 30s there, I think. Mm. So that's, that, that was pretty funny. That just happened a couple of hours ago. But it, it, it's good to see. And these are the kind of things that you need to be doing, just peaceful protests because they are peaceful. They're obviously angry, but they're not attacking anyone or attacking. Right. They're just making their voices heard flying some flags and and it needs to be done it It, it really does um people can't keep sitting down and just taking this letting them strip away our rights and she's gone way overboard way overboard Mm -hmm. Uh, she was the one that um everyone wanted to run as vice president (laughs) oh geez i think yeah 
Jeez. This happened. Mm. Oh, speaking of vice presidents, let's talk about mm-hmm. Bernie. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Bernie and Obama and Biden, the, the love oh, boys. Oh, what? So finally, after there's no other person left, uh, Obama decided to endorse his old friend Joe, giving a good old 10, <laughs> 15 minute speech on his, his Twitter the other day, talking the bullshit that he does. Um, but that's that's that, that's such a telling thing for starters. One, you legit, legitimately waited till there's no other person who, like, he's not going to endorse Trump, so he had to endorse someone. There's only one person left, mate. Right. <laughs> exactly. He's just, he's just played the safest political move you could ever, even though he's not in the politics anymore. But he's just played the safest political move. You, and that, that's how you can tell he's a politician. You know, just mm. put. Put, mm-hmm. puts his two cents in right at the end, plays it safe. Um, and that you also had Bernie come out and support Biden. Now, this is a little bit more of a talking point because there's a lot of Bernie bros out there that are not going to vote for Biden. It's just not going to happen. Right. But they do not believe in this vote blue no matter who shit. Right. They care about that because they're not liberals. They're not even moderate liberals. They're socialists. Have you seen any of them say that they're going to vote for Trump? I haven't really, like, taken a measure on that recently. No. no. But I, I know they won't vote for Biden. One, yeah. one look at them. Look, the, the, the socialist crowd, more of the brown shirt crowd, Antifa crowd, that would come out and vote for Bernie. Now, they'll come out and vote for someone that they like their policies, that is going down their, uh, their sort of agenda way, right? They want this Marxist sort of a country, right? So they'll they'll come out and they'll vote for someone that they can see them ushering in that sort of reality for them. Right. Biden's going to be a little bit more moderately held back. Um, if he does get in, he won't get in. But if he does get in, um, you can see him being a little bit more moderate than uh, someone like a Sanders would. Um, but they're not going... They're not going to go out and vote for that. They're not going to stand in line and vote for someone that they don't want to vote for. One, they're children, most of them anyway. They're rational, they're kids, they're socialists, right? They're not going to go out there, stand and ride to vote for this rich white man. It's just, it's not in their mentality. Um, so I can't, I can't see it happen, but you, you had tons of university or groups, I guess you'd call them, socialists for Bernie, uh, brand students for Bernie, all, all this crap. Heaps of them came out saying they're not going to they're not going to endorse Biden. And then you've got some people, you know, cracking shits at Bernie because he's done that. Well, he was always going to do that. The dude's a charlatan in himself, man. How, how many zeros did they have to put on a check to have exactly. quickly turn that one? Yeah, exactly. Right. Did he get another house, another car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you got, you, Hillary clearly paid him off. Now they've clearly paid him off. Yep. And they've, they've done the wrong, like, the wrong moves. Like, I, I can see Bernie having a better chance. Like, I know some people don't agree with me on this, but I can see Bernie having a better chance against Trump than Biden. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Well, not even, it wouldn't even be close, but he would definitely have a better turnout than, than Biden, I think. Yeah, for well, sure. Because he, he's, got, he's got a lot of young supporters, Bernie. Yep. Right, 
Call them what you will. Don't they're more galvanized. Whatever, but they're definitely more galvanized. Definitely so, more galvanized, yes. Yes, I would not well, disagree with that. And I don't think we're going to run – I mean, I know there's always going to be attempts at election fraud, but this whole ballot harvesting and mail-in and yada, 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 that the war that's been – we've been seeing going on in social media, um, I feel like the country's going to open – that just sounds so silly saying that. So absurd. And uh, people are going to get back to work. And I believe people are going to go and vote in person in November. Um, today, Kentucky lawmakers overrode the Democrat governor's veto of voter ID bill. So as of this November election, voters in Kentucky will be required to show a photo ID. Now, I don't know how many other states might be pushing this. I haven't looked into it, but... Well, we know right now that, uh, let's see here. I was just looking that up. Um, okay, so Virginia, the governor signed legislation dropping vote, voting restrictions uh, just recently, like as of this week. Uh, the, um, who is it? Dropping Marco voting restrictions? Meaning, yeah. Yeah. meaning what? Uh, let me read the article. Hold on. Virginia will no longer require voters to show a photo ID prior mm. to casting ballots. Sorry. Mm. Prior to casting ballots. Um, and the state will join a handful of states across the nation making Election Day a state holiday, said Governor Ralph Northam. Okay, and then we also have Mark Elias from uh, uh, Perkins Coy. Who's next? He's an ex-Clinton lawyer. He's been paid by Soros and Clinton to fight in the 2016 election. He's at it again uh, for the 2020 he started election. Up the, he started up onward together for them. He's the one who registered that for the Clintons. Yep. Yeah, and he's sorry. Or Perkins um, Coy, I should say. Yeah, Perkins Coy. So uh, he is fighting Nevada right now um, to suspend um, prosecutions for ballot harvesting uh, for the <laughs> June 9th primary. Um, so, so yes, I mean, it, the battle is real. They are still going hard after this, um, you know, ballot harvesting, mail-ins, uh, voter fraud. They're going to, they're going to, mm -hmm. it's going to go full stop and it, we have to be vigilant about it. Um, yeah, we need we need to find like a state list if someone's compiled a state list, keeping up to date on where everyone's at with that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. someone out there's probably got that rolling. You know what I can't wait for? What? The December. <laughs> well, yeah, that <laughs> that. But as soon as it starts heating up, right? You know, mm -hmm. can you imagine the videos and the memes Trump is going to start pumping out for the last, like the next two months before the election? Oh, oh yeah, as long as, did, as long as Twitter doesn't take him down or Facebook, half the time they take down his campaign ads or videos. It's ridiculous. It, it, but it, he's, he's going to do it everywhere. He'll, he'll bring it out everywhere. Like, we, we know how Trump does that. Back in 2016, he was flying jets when they were having debates. Yeah. Over certain things. Um, so when, when that happens, it's going to be great because he's really going to push out. He's going to have Biden kissing and sniffing children. He's going to have him doing it to women. He's going to have – he's already been pushing the dementia stuff. But there is so much baggage on Biden 
It, right. Like I, I don't so even know. Let's, let's talk game theory for a second because with, with Obama, and I wanted to circle back to this, with Obama uh, finally endorsing Biden. So first of all, last week uh, Trump had come out um, in one of the pressers and he kind of forced Obama's hand on this, I think. Um, he was kind of stoking, poking the bears, <laughs> so to speak. He was saying, why hasn't Obama come out and endorsed Biden? Why? So he was asking this rhetorical question to the media. And then he says, he says, I think I know why, but you don't know why. You know? And oh, I so, remember that. Right. So this week, you know, Bernie drops out, endorses Biden, and uh, Obama endorses Biden. Uh, may have been reaction to that. Um, but so the question is, what is it that Trump thinks he knows, which I'm sure he does know? Um, and what do you guys think? Um, do you think this this is a move? Do you think uh, possibly that Michelle Obama would be put into the VP uh. position? Do you think that, you know, well, we all know that that uh, Biden's a placeholder. Um, oh, who do you think they're going to try to put in? Uh, you know, we know that Biden has handlers. Uh, that he's not in control of any of this. Um, and they basically are just, he's just a warm seat. And they're going to put somebody in. Who do you think they, they want to put in? When do you think they're going to make that switcheroo? Will it be like an 11th hour thing? Or will it be post-election? Um, what, what do you think? Oh, I think time-wise is going to totally depend on how the next several months go as far as opening up the country and how far ahead Trump is getting with all of that, because that's just going to start crushing everything they've attempted to unravel with the economy and destroying him. And when people finally get to go back to work and get out of their homes and feeling like they're living again, uh, they're going to be in some good spirits and they're going to be, I think a lot of people are going to reflect and be really pissed off at how the DNC handled everything and the who and all of it. As far as who they're going to put in, I don't know. I know that for a long time, people have been suggesting Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama, and I'm still not feeling it on either of those. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm not feeling any of them either. But off, off the top of my head, I can't, I don't know. There, there, there is a lot of people. I mean, I guess you could kind of sleep in there. But I, I don't think it's going to be a big name like that. I think it's definitely going to try to be a woman. He has said, um, he said in a, in a debate with, uh, with Bernie um, that he was planning on having a female uh, vice president um, running mate. He's also, I, I don't remember when or where he said this, but he, I believe, talked about it possibly being transgender or some, something to that effect. Do you guys ever, no, did, no. did you hear that? No, I didn't hear no, that, I didn't. but that's not going to work any favor. No, I, 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 I don't know for sure because I didn't hear that. Just people have, have told I, me that. So I, I think you're making this up. Here. I'm not, I swear. <laughs> I, I didn't see the clip, so I can't, I can't say. I, I, I think you just... Well, Talking dogma now, you just make sure. <laughs> One thing's for certain, and I don't have the exact dollar amount in front of me, but um, a friend of mine was just rattling the numbers off to me the other day, and I know that Trump has raised about eight times the amount of money, at least, as Biden. So, oh yeah, he's, he's he, he will. He he's been at raising him for ages now. 
He's been out raising all of them for ages, combined. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Biden has a whole lot left going into this, so it'll be it'll be interesting. It will, it will, I, and you can I, expect I, uh, you know some surprises along the way. I um, just want to see a live debate where they're both standing there and there's actually a crowd of people. Just you know, going. let's get to the real live debates. I don't care if you want to face why, the people out. <laughs> okay, so this is why I think that if we're talking game theory, that my theory is that they're going to try to replace him before there are debates because they oh, know. Oh, they have to. They know he can't. And, right. you know, he's just too senile. There's no way he can't even get up there just, you know, sitting in front of a green screen just by himself and right. string together a coherent sentence. So... I doubt that they that their plan is to put him up on live television in front of millions of people and let literally let Trump eat his lunch. I just I don't see how that well, will work for them. Obama probably knows who they plan on putting in or he wouldn't have bothered to endorse them. Of course, Obama's got to be one of the handlers that one of the people in charge trying to decide, you know, who is going to be the replacement. I'm sure they already know who that is. Oh, um, I think Obama's a puppet. Oh, I think so too, but I think that um, I definitely think he's got to be involved in the decision making here, right? As far as who the next player is going to be that replaces Biden. No? I don't feel like that. No, no. I've always felt he was a puppet. <laughs> Just well, my opinion. <laughs> everybody everybody has a handler. It, it's, it's more like a pyramid scheme here. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a circle so trick. So tell us, about, tell us about the uh, IG footnotes. I didn't have time to catch up on all of that. Okay, so uh, last week uh, the IG. Okay, so the IG report, um, as far as uh, the spying on the Trump campaign, the FISA, um, the FISA applications that were falsified in some cases, uh, inaccurately. Um, presented and so forth uh, to the FISA courts, that IG report had footnotes on it, okay? And um, those footnotes were classified um, and they were relevant. And the lawmakers like Grassley um, were, were asking for those to be declassified because they knew how relevant they were. So they were just declassified uh, last week. The IG report footnote, or three of them at least, were declassified last week. So we got those. Uh, they just shed more light on important information about Crossfire Hurricane. And this information um, shows that the Crossfire Hurricane team were given several reports that were disputing the claims that were made in the Steele dossier. And they were even warned about Steele himself. Um, and it warned about this steel dossier being Russian disinfo. And they used the source anyways. And despite these several reports and warnings. So the DOJ and the FBI knew the steel dossier was disinformation. They used it to spy on the Trump campaign. The Crossfire Hurricane team members were aware of the disinformation reports. And we need to know who specifically was aware of these re disinformation reports uh, about Steele. Um, so we think it goes all the way up to Comey, I'm sure. 
Um, so in response to this, uh, you know, the declassified footnotes, Ch Chuck Grassley, who was the one who's um, been asking about this, this footnote, these footnotes to be declassified, he, sa he stated, um, these notes beg the question of when the FBI learned of the Russian disinfo in the Steele dossier, what did they do about it? Why did they keep renewing spy authority with this info? And what did Mueller know and when? Did we even need Mueller? Well, the answer, we know the answer to all of these questions, <laughs> you know, and we know why they kept using the Steele dossier. It was, it was stop Trump at all costs. Um, yep. they, they, they were in on it from the beginning and this, this BS that, that the FBI was duped by Russian disinfo. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you're, oh, you're an intelligence community, community that is completely unintelligent or mm -hmm. corrupt, but I argue right. both. <laughs> so they go with duped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. So anyways, we also got this week uh, some good information about Durham. He has subpoenaed and questioned witnesses before a grand jury. So despite all this coronavirus stuff, we know a lot of um, courts um, have just basically halted um, their activity and so forth. Durham's investigation is still going forward. He has subpoenaed and questioned several uh, witnesses before a grand jury. Now, the question is, you know, who has he subpoenaed so far to testify? We don't know. That's really speculation. But D Joe Genova did offer a little bit of information on that. It's kind of in the rumor category. So there's a rumor uh, that Do Joe Genova uh, did say that he had um, confirmed with his sources that Brennan is the main focus of this Durham investigation. And a number of former intelligence officers have already been interviewed and testified. So that's interesting. He said that they're looking at um, what Brennan knew and uh, what he did and what he instructed others to do. Uh, so just take that with a grain of salt. But they are definitely moving forward. They are subpoenaing witnesses and they are testifying before grand jury. They've already got a lot. Okay. Um, we're, we're kind of on the home stretch here with the Durham investigation. And uh, Barr, when he was interviewed by Laura Ingram last week, um, he said, quote, my own view is that the evidence shows that we're not dealing with just mistakes or sloppiness. There's something far more troubling here, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. So... Good news. And so, something's got to happen before the election. Trump has got to, they've got to deliver <laughs> some people up on a platter before the election. Oh, yeah, or, definitely. At, at, or at least really push it into public knowledge at least. Yeah. Oh, I, th well, I it, think. It's a really hard thing to do. With media I think we need to see some actual indictments on um even if it's just a couple of big players, we got to see something, some people held accountable before the election. Yep, sir. Yep. I want to check yeah. and see. Hold on. I'm just going to check and see real quick. When will this all last? While you're time? doing that, just, just a recap for people, um, in case they did miss any of the press conferences. I, I personally don't watch every single one because I just, I don't have enough time between doing my research and writing, but I try to catch like 
three of them a week. This week is when I think it was Thursday. He's going to be talking with, I think he said all 50 governors. So he did say over the next several days, they're going to be rolling out the plan for, you know, the 29 states we were talking about earlier, and then others will slowly open after the ones that got hit harder. So hopefully we'll hear a little bit of that this week. Of course, we publish on Friday. We're recording on Wednesday. (laughs) So by the time we publish this, hopefully we will have heard at least a little bit. But he, he did give the impression that several states will be opening before the 1st of May. So that's good news. That's something you know, a positive that people can look forward to. And um, I just wanted to kind of reiterate that, that there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel here. As far as what deep state, you know, is going to plan for trying to, these guys, they just have so many, so many ploys in their toolbox, don't they? They Like what's, what are they going to throw out next? Are they going to try and, you know, they got their claws and everything. Yeah, I was just, I was looking at, um, you know how, what a loud mouth Brennan is. (laughs) I was just checking to see if if he's said anything in a while. He seems a little quiet the past couple of weeks, so. Yeah, he's Um, been silent. So what's up with that? It's telling. It's telling. There's been plenty of things like, well, I haven't gone in. Have you guys looked to see today? Because this thing with the who would have been one he would have hit hard. I haven't looked. I was just in there uh, on his Twitter. He hasn't tweeted in a couple weeks. And, uh, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Oops. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we finish it off, I want to say, because we don't have a, a chance to uh, comment back on every comment that we get, because Corey actually gets quite a few on these, um, we're going to start picking out a couple each week, and we'll address that at the start of every show. Um, we'll try to get the best questions out and try to try to do it that way. We thought that might be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. It's a great way to interact with you guys because we can't really, uh, you know, speak one-on-one with each and every one of you, but it would be good to, you know, have that um, interaction. And also, um, you guys, uh, when I do go get get a chance to read some of the comments, you guys re- leave some really great comments too. So that spark, yeah. spark my, um, my thoughts too. So I think that'll be a, a great segment to have, guys. Good idea, speaker. Definitely. Yep. That was all speakers' uh-huh. idea. <laughs> yeah, you like that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> all right. Were you, were you still looking something up, Edge, or no? No, no. I was just looking up the Brennan thing to see um, where, uh, he, gotcha. where he was at. He must be in his bunker. <laughs> yeah, his last tweet was April 4th, which, yeah. of course, is pounding on Trump. So, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so, guys. Yes, weird going on there although there are times you know he tweeted april 2nd and prior to that it was march 20th so there are times where he goes he goes off for a couple weeks at a time but there's been a lot of things hitting us last week that you would think he would have he would have hammered on so that's right and he's really been in the spotlight lately actually a lot of the news lately is about him being under investigation for durham so you'd think he what he would want to counter that um that narrative Uh, but he really has been pretty quiet lately, so that's interesting. All yep. right. Are we ready to wrap up, guys? Let's wrap. Think so. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to us here on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're now on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, 
tune in, and of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Boom. Yeah.